0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. I'm so very thankful that I can speak to you and continue on the subject of Joseph. The spirit of Joseph, which also is the spirit of Christ. And there's so much to learn, but... More than just learn from the example of Joseph, I believe there should rise a longing in our heart to have the same spirit as Joseph, the same heart. There's a difference if we just learn with our mind and maybe learn in our habits to do certain things, then that's a good thing. I'm not against that, surely not. But uh, if we just do it out of a good habit or uh, because we have uh, been taught to do this, it's it's good to do it and we should continue to do it. But there's a difference if the heart is changed. And if we have a heart like Christ, a heart like Joseph, as the example that I'm speaking to you about today and the last few times that i spoke to you there's a difference if the heart is like jesus the heart has been changed and molded and 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 like the potter when he works with the clay he takes out the stones and he 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 makes it soft and he puts the water with it and then he shapes it and forms it into something beautiful and what flows out of that after that is is, is it's so natural and that's exactly what I mean. If we if we just learn to do something and we have to do it because, uh, yeah, well, it's been taught and, and it's something we should do. It's so different if you do it with the heart and even and that becomes even more beautiful if it's. Uh, In a way that you're even yourself unaware of this good nature, this good character that is just automatically flowing out because there is no more bitterness or hurt or as we would say with the pot of rocks and other stuff in the clay that, that makes it unusable to make something beautiful out of it when that's all taken out. Through the road of suffering and the road of difficulties and the journey of life, that God uses all these circumstances and and the places where we come and what we experience there, and even what friends and fa- family or, or or enemies do to us, as as we at those moments make uh, and those are defining moments when we make decisions not to hold on to a grudge or not to hold on to this pain or not to allow that pain to turn into a bitterness, but when we surrender it, release it to the Lord and then allow His Spirit and and the water of His Spirit just to to come and refresh us and, and, and His arms of love to surround us and that it's just all caught up in the Spirit of love and then what flows out, the words of encouragement the words of love, the words of, of God's goodness. That is, it's so wonderful to have that a heart like that and to have a changed heart because it does not come out of the natural heart. Yes, of course, there are people in the world today and, some are non-believers, but they have a heart to do good. And, and, and I think that's a wonderful thing that we have people that are giving their life to, to go to certain nations where there's such, uh, where there are such problems and they go to, to, to help the people and they go because they love to, in a, in a way, to encourage people. But when it comes out of the spirit of Christ... When we have become like a Joseph, molded and shaped through all the circumstances that uh, we've gone through and what comes out is, is, is just a, a surrender to God. It's just a love from God. I tell you, that's a different thing that, that that goes beyond everything that we can imagine. And so I've been speaking about the four Josephs that we find in the word of God. Well, the first one uh, of course, uh, everybody knows that Joseph, the the son of Jacob uh, with the multicolored coat and uh, the road and journey he had to take to ultimately become uh, that great ruler uh, in Egypt uh, and in a position of power that God could use him to preserve life. I think a Joseph, just like Jesus, uh, because they are walking in obedience to the Lord and to the plan of God for their lives, we can see that they become a vessel through which God can preserve life. And God is the giver of life, and he also wants to preserve life. And uh, yes, know that God uses people for that, vessels for that. And may you be a Joseph like the great Joseph we find in the Bible. We went to another Joseph and he, uh, in, in, in Matthew uh, chapter one, he is the Joseph, the husband of Mary, who had to take care of something as if it was his own, but it was never his own. But he had to give it with uh, uh, all his heart, might, and strength. He had to pour into that, into uh, what the Lord had deposited to him and given to him, and that was nothing less than Jesus as a little baby uh, born out of the Virgin Mary and, and grown up in the house of Joseph, and he had to take care of that baby, that youth, that teenager, and and ultimately be that place, uh, take that place in his life there and uh, with the responsibilities. And now I'm ending uh, up with the last two Josephs and I would quickly like to go to a few verses in Matthew chapter 27 and we will read verse 57 up to 60 out of the Amplified Bible and uh, they speak about another Joseph and it speaks about Joseph whom we know as Joseph of Arimathea. When It was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. And Joseph took the body and rolled it up in a clean linen cloth used for swathing dead bodies, and laid it in his own fresh undefiled tomb which he had hung out of the rock and he rolled a big boulder over the door of the tomb and went away. This is a mighty testimony here. We know that there came a moment that Jesus had to go all alone to the cross of Calvary. All his friends had forsaken him and everybody ran for their life as that came to that great and grand climax, when he was taken captive in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we know that Peter followed him from a distance, but ultimately also because he was working out of his own strength at that moment, he he uh, 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 denied Jesus three times. And, and I'm so glad, oh, that's another time, another sermon, but how he recovered from that. But in any way, he... Uh, 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 was all by himself, and he was uh, mocked, and they uh, went against him with all crowd, and they cried, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, the Son of God. I mean, we are not just talking about a sinner or a sinful man. We are talking about the only one who is pure and holy and without sin and who had done nothing wrong. So many had to say, I find no fault in him. We cannot find any mistake in him. He had done nothing wrong, but yet he was crucified on our behalf. But you know how they whipped him, how they tortured him, how his flesh was torn apart. Uh, It's terrible when he took that beating and, uh, and those stripes on his back and the crown of thorns on his head and they beat him with a club on that crown of thorns on his head and those thorns went into his flesh and... He was just so mutilated. They plucked out his beard and they put a a cloth over his head and they and they beat him in the face and and then they whipped him and made him carry that cross all the way to that hill Calvary and he he had to go there and then they put the the nails in his hand and feet and they hung him high on that cross. Oh, I tell you, I love a vision of the glorified Lord. Oh when we see him all dressed in white and and with his many crowns and and I love I love that image in my mind and I can worship him and praise him as I think of Jesus as the resurrected one, as the one who has a name above every other name, the one, the all powerful one that everything has been submitted unto him and, and he is glorified above all. I I tell you when I think of it and right now here in the studio, I can just worship him and praise him and glorify his holy name. But you know what really brings me on the knees And also brings me to a utter silence of reverence and uh, and just makes my thankful heart to burst and to run over is when I think of him hanging on that cross for me in my place. And he's also, he also hung there for you, my dear friend, and he was beaten for you. And by his stripes and by his wounds, we are healed, hallelujah. And he took all the punishment of the sin upon himself and he carried the full judgment and the wrath of God upon himself instead of letting it come upon us. So I tell you, when I think of my Jesus, my Lord, hanging there, but we know he was hanging there alone. And it says the father had to turn his face away and his friends and his followers, his disciples, they all had left him and they ran away, afraid for their own lives. And then he was hanging there and he said, Father, in your hands, I commit my spirit and he breathed his last breath, and he died after he had accomplished it all upon the cross for you and me, my dear friends. Well, he was hanging there, and there was a great darkness upon the land, and he was hanging there. The Son of God, our beloved Savior, Jesus, he was hanging there, mutilated, oh, so terribly attacked and so viciously how they went against him and they beat him and they scorned him and he was hanging there so broken. And you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of the body of Christ. Oh, he was hanging there in the flesh. As John says, he came in the flesh. He became flesh for us. God became flesh for us. And he was hanging there in the flesh and that flesh was so mutilated and so hurt and so damaged, and he was hanging there and nobody cared for him. Nobody cared for the body. Oh, my dear friends, that brings something in my heart. It makes me think of the body, as the Bible also teaches that the church is the body of Christ. And when I think how sometimes things happen in church and church splits and all uh, all kinds of things are said about the church and people, what they say about the church. And these are brothers and sisters sometimes and what they do against the church and how they come against the church and attack the church and try to bring the church down. It's, it's sometimes from within. But also from the outside, sometimes it's people from another faith. Sometimes it's it's the atheist and the non-believer and they just have a hatred against the church. And many times the devil can find a vessel within the church, someone who is maybe full of pride or he's full of himself and feels so justified and he's just going against the church and bringing it down from the inside. And sometimes what they do against the pastors and the elders and the deacons, I tell you, the church so many times is mutilated and is beaten and is damaged so much. And I've seen it in my many, many travels around the world. I have visited churches that once were such glorious place with so many believers gathered together and everything was so wonderful. Everything was so perfect. People were so happy because of all the activities and all the blessings that God poured out in that ministry. And the people were so excited and they were willing to do anything and everything for the church. They were so faithful and so loyal. And oh, don't say anything negative about their church. Don't say anything wrong about their pastor. Oh, they would come at you. I mean, they were so 100% for the church. But now, oh, because of some rumors, maybe, or maybe because of some disappointment, or maybe because they found out that the pastor and the elders and deacons were also men and women of flesh and blood and also men and women with mistakes and faults and that not everything is perfect in the church and not everybody is perfect in the church and that some things, yes, are not yet where they should be. And maybe because of rumors and maybe because of lies and maybe because of I don't know or what it could be but they have turned against the church and the church has been suffering and the church split up and people ran away and people walked away and people left the body hanging there on the cross hanging there with the news scorning it and with the with the neighbors and friends talking evil about it and the body is just hanging there hanging there hurting suffering bleeding and nobody gives a care about it and then I've seen how many of these places, these wonderful ministries of revival and houses of worship have turned into rubble and now there's nothing left of that church. And you know, let me tell you, Oh, I know that not everything is perfect in the church. And I know there are things that should change in the church. And I know that not the pastor or the elders are always doing everything 100% maybe after the right motivations or uh, uh, you name whatever you want to name about the church. I know it's a it's the human side is not perfect of it but still it's an institution that was not birthed out of the mind of man, but it came out of the father heart of God. He started the church. It is the church of Jesus Christ. We are his body. We are his bride. And I think whatever the church has done or whatever things may have happened Oh, I would never want to be the one that causes a split. I would never want to be the one that pushes despair in the side of the church. I would never want to be the one who scorns or who comes against and brings down that wonderful place of worship through which so many people got saved. No, you know, the only one who laughs is the devil is the enemy when a church disappears maybe because of internal struggles and things the devil laughs because you know that lighthouse that stood against the forces of darkness that lighthouse that was preaching the gospel that lighthouse is suddenly disappeared and now there is no hindrance for him for the enemy, for the devil to do his work in that city or that town or that area. Oh, he is laughing because he was able to bring down that place, that wonderful house of worship through the vision. Oh, my dear friends, we read about Joseph who saw that body hanging there. He was also a disciple of Jesus, it says. And while all the other disciples had ran away because of fear for their own lives, Oh, it says this man called Joseph. When everybody walked away, he came walking too. Oh, I love that. Oh, my dear friend, let us be like Joseph. When everybody, because of all kinds of reasons walks away from the church because they don't want to share in the shame that comes on the church. They don't want to be part of that ministry or of that man of God who has got shame upon him or who's got, you know, all the rumors or gossips that going around because of maybe that church or that ministry. They don't want to be part of that. Well, let me tell you, I am part of the church of Jesus Christ around the world with all its mistakes and with all its faults but it is the body of Jesus Christ, and it is weak sometimes and and it's frail in its own strength, but hallelujah when we are weak and frail, God is strong. oh he takes the weak to put a shame that which uh, the world finds as strong and as powerful and as wise. Oh let the glory of God be seen through the broken churches, Oh, that he may glorify himself that the Father will glorify the Son. In our midst, well, let me tell you, while everybody walked away, this Joseph he came to the body of Jesus, he came to Pilate, and he said, "Please, Pilate, let me have that body. oh, I know." Nobody cares for that body anymore. But I remember how Jesus walked this earth, how he healed the sick, how he encouraged those downhearted, how he did good. Oh, I remember all the wonderful things that the the Lord was able to do through that body to heal and deliver those that were oppressed by the devil and those he set free that were demon possessed. And he did such wonderful, miraculous works of multiplication, of blessing oh, even the demons and, 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 the, and the storms and the wind and on the sea, they were obedient to Jesus when he walked in that body. Oh, it doesn't look like much now. Now it is beaten. Oh, it's bleeding from every side. Oh, there is no strength in it. But yet I care for that body. Oh, please, Pilate, let me have that body and let me take care of it. And we see how Joseph, he takes that body and he swaddles it in, uh, in those linen cloth and then he puts it in a fresh, a undefiled tomb which he had prepared for himself. Oh, I like this. He had prepared something for himself and it was something good, but he gave it for the body. Oh, maybe you have prepared something for yourself, but the body of Christ is in need of that which you have prepared for yourself. What will you do? Will you keep it for yourself? Or will you donate it to the Lord? Will you give it to him because you love the body of Jesus more than you love your own body? You love Jesus more than you love yourself. You rather see him to move forward. You rather see his body to be blessed, his body to move forward, his body to be strong and and, and, and for the glory of the Lord to be there than your own body. Oh, let me tell you this is the spirit of Joseph. And this is the spirit of Jesus. Oh, can you can you not agree with me? This is the spirit of Jesus who loved us more than he loved himself, who gave his life even unto death. Yes, not just an ordinary death, but the death on the cross to become a curse in our place. And he didn't open his mouth. He didn't stand up and say, hey, I am innocent, hey, I am unguilty, hey, I'm not doing this for myself, I'm doing it for you, and he did not get angry, and he did not wipe out humanity, but he kept his mouth shut, and he gave his body, he gave himself, but what will you do for the body of Jesus? What will you do for the church as is the body of Jesus? I tell you, never become part of those that hurt and damage and, 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 and split the church. But you always reverence the church, reverence the body of Jesus. You don't have to agree with everything. Oh, but let you, let, let you and me be, be like a Joseph who will walk to the body when everybody else walks away. Father, I pray for that person who is maybe disappointed in church, or maybe the things that happened in the ministry were not all that beautiful and not the way it should be. And this gave them a wrong image of the body of Jesus, your body, of your church. But Father, I ask you, that this day they will not look with their human eyes. They will not allow their tongue to speak evil about your servants or about your body. And even though people are walking away and there is confusion and there is anger and hatred against your church, your body. Oh Lord, I pray right now that Joseph's will rise up. Lord, that the devil will not have his way, that the devil will not be able to destroy that ministry or that church who is a lighthouse in the darkness, But Lord, out of their weakness, let your glory and your strength be seen, O Lord." Let us have a heart like Joseph that is a heart filled with love and filled with your goodness and let us give what we have prepared for ourselves. So let us give it to the church. Let us give it to your body so that your church may prosper, that your body may prosper and you will bless us for it. I know you will and I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, God bless you, my friend, as you give everything into his hands and He will take care of you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com Also visit us at maasbach.com